Welcome friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life. And we both know that that life starts inside of you. If you want to say goodbye to anxiety, frustration, and negative self-talk, and say hello to peace, mindfulness, gratitude, and living your best life, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not social conditioning, and not your past. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready. It's time to feel incredible from the inside out. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me in another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, the best way that you can always support, which means the absolute world to me, is by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, or sharing it with the people that you love most. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content So this is, again, the absolute best way that you can support. Thank you so much in advance. Also, make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer some applicable takeaways and a challenge this week to upgrade your life. All right. So every day, so many of us abandon ourselves, even in the most subtle ways. We abandon ourselves through negative self-talk, hiding, making ourselves feel and appear smaller, lying to ourselves and others not asking for help, not speaking up, not chasing our dreams, not living our fullest truth. For most of us, it isn't until we hit a breaking point where we realize that we've left our inner truth behind. Today, we are diving into how to become aware of this unconscious abandonment and begin to positively shift this experience with our guest, Abiola Abrams. Abiola is an award-winning author, intuitive coach, transformational speaker, and international retreat leader. She is the founder of the Woman Festing Self-Love Empowerment Platform podcast and the Goddess Temple Circle. Her calling is to help empower women to become who they were born to be. And her third book, African Goddess Initiation, was just released by Hay House. Every day, she helps women come back home to themselves and recognize that in every moment, we have the opportunity to regain trust and confidence in our deepest selves. I too believe we always have that opportunity to step into our most aligned selves. And so if you're feeling called to stand firmer in your truth, I trust that this episode is for you. Hi, Abiola. Welcome to the show. Thank you so, so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you, Goddess Sarah. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I know. I have been waiting for this conversation for so many months now. We've been like (laughs) going back and forth and trying to find a time that's in flow. Um, But I cannot wait to discover more about your incredible work as an award-winning author, intuitive coach, transformational speaker, retreat leader, so many things. Um, And I would personally love to learn more about your journey and what inspired you to create a self-love empowerment platform and the goddess temple circle. And then what inspired you to write your newest book, the African goddess initiation. 
Hey. <laughs> well, as you said, we have been going back and forth trying to have this conversation. So I feel like us talking at this moment is magical before mm -hmm. it even happens because we are, it just means that the alignment just happened to be perfectly right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on your platform. And for me, you know, I am a New Yorker, born and raised. I am the daughter of immigrants from Guyana, South America, and with ancestral roots in West Africa. And my journey, I feel like in many ways, well, there are two two ways that I could answer that. A big part of my journey began before I was born um, with my ancestors in Guyana um, being people who worked with the soil and worked with plants and, you know, the equivalent of what we would call herbalists. And um, my great grandmother was a midwife and a, the equivalent of a woman's fertility heal healer. And um, my grandparents were farmers. And so I feel the the reason I bring that up is because I feel like that informs a lot of my work. I say mm. that my great grandmother helped women to give birth to their babies, and I help us to give birth to ourselves. So that's why I started with them, and then my journey here began like so many of us who are coaches or teachers or healers or um, counselors in being who we once needed that we felt like didn't exist at the mm -hmm. time, you know? So, Absolutely. yeah. So I feel like that, that for me is how this part of my journey began. Ah, that's incredible. And I, I feel like so many of us get into our work and what lights us up based on what we didn't have growing up or what, you know, was needed. Right? Yes. <laughs> and, and so as we did the work and kind of found, found our place in, in the work that we're doing now, we want to offer that same experience to those um, who are also suffering and in pain. And so part of the book that I loved and part of your work that I deeply resonated with was this idea that so often we hear online, just love yourself. And sadly, for so many of us, that leaves us frustrated or confused because no one has actually taught us how to wholeheartedly love ourselves internally. And so I would love to first dive deeper into how your newest book is that spiritual self-love initiation into awakening the divine goddess within and how you're supporting individuals and really discovering this what I would consider like the sacred personal power that exists within all of us. And so maybe more specifically too, how do we start to really learn to truly love ourselves versus just saying it? Yes. Yes. It, it's exactly as you just said that, you know, for me that I have been passionate about this work because, you know, those of us who are most, most of us who are alive on the planet at this moment, thankfully did hear love yourself you know mm -hmm. i don't i don't think previous generations even had those kinds of conversations but thankfully at least we heard you know love yourself but we didn't know what to do with that and as someone who was bullied i was bullied growing up um for everything from my skin color to my body to 
being the child of immigrants just for any number of reasons. And I think what happens when you feel like you don't fit in anywhere else is that you start to figure out, okay, well, then I've got to carve my own path. It's like that, you know, there's a there's a meme that says something like, you know, if you don't fit into this world, it's because you're here to build the next one. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like that is a big part of my work. And the African goddess initiation journey is about tapping into ancestral knowledge and ancestral rituals and the idea and the remembrance that spirit is in fact our first ancestor in order for us to fall more deeply in love with ourselves. Mm, I love that. And I am in full agreement. I remember I remember as a child, I would tell my mom and dad, I would say, this world isn't going to exist someday. And they're like, so you think the world's going to end? And I was like, the world's not ending, but it's it's going to be different. And I remember even at the start of the pandemic, I, I was public about saying things aren't going back to the way that they were. Like I, mm-hmm. I intuitively know that something is shifting and we're all waking up to this new planet that we want to create. And it's just been really powerful to witness your work and to witness so many other people as we kind of step in right into this new world that we're kind of helping the collapse of so many parts of this world that we aren't, you know, fully aligned with. And we're all holding space for this, this new world to exist. So I love that for someone who might be hesitant, right. To those, those rituals at first, or might be hesitant to some of these practices. Um, can you offer, um, cause I know you offer endless ways in which to do self-care and to connect within, but for someone that maybe be starting out and beginning, what is your favorite ritual from the book that listeners can start with to really cultivate and connect inwardly and, and access that self-love that exists within them? Yes. So the first thing I want to say uh, before sharing a ritual is that I know that the word ritual can be scary mm-hmm. for many of us. It's a, it's a, you know, a scary word. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And if we look at the word spiritual, it has ritual in it. And ritual just means, you know, at its most basic, ritual means a set of habits. But in its sacred, ritual means a set of practices that you participate in to remind yourself of or awaken the divine. And we do rituals all the time, but we're just not aware that they are rituals. So if you've ever, someone has sneezed and you said, bless you or God bless you, that is a ritual. Why are you doing that? You probably don't know. It is a ritual. You know, um, if you've ever put up a Christmas tree, that's a ritual. Or when we, you know, during the national anthem, putting your hand over your heart, you know, that is a ritual. Those things are rituals that we participate in, blowing out candles on a birthday cake, Mm. all rituals. And so there are ways in our current, you know, if you want to call it modern society or, you know, um, where we have separated spirit from a lot of the ritualistic spiritual practices. And so, you know, even if we look at things like, you know, yoga and meditation and, you know, and I've, I've spoken a lot, you know, at corporations and, you know, there, there are different ways, everyone has different levels of understanding things, but at its core, that ritual is about 
reminding ourselves that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so you can create your own rituals or using a book like African Goddess Initiation. What I've done is share ancestral rituals from throughout the African diaspora, which means, you know, the continent of Africa, which is 54 plus countries. And then those of us who are throughout the African people throughout the world. So like me and my family are from South America, people from Central America, the Caribbean, and in the United States, of course. Um, and so this ritual practice, you bring to it who you are. So if you're someone that brings fear to things, you're going to bring fear to it. If you're someone that brings love and joy and pleasure to it, you're going to bring pleasure to it. So one of the powerful rituals in the book that is actually a very simple, de deceptively simple ritual is a self-love ritual that is in the section with goddess Oshun, who is a Yoruba goddess. Yoruba are the people from uh, West Africa, um, Nigeria, Benin, that area. And this ritual is a, it, it, it comes from the African-American hoodoo practice. It's a derivation of that. And it's a self-love practice. And so what I recommend is that, um, and this is a beautiful ritual to do on the new moon, for example, is that you get a, a jar, like a, a mason jar, simple jar, whatever you have access to. That's the important thing that all of these rituals, you know, it's important just to work with whatever you have access to. You don't have to, you know, whatever works for you works. And then you get, you know, things that are sweet because it's about, it's called a sweetening jar. And so it's literal magic where you're going to sweeten your energy around yourself, sweeten the way you feel about yourself, sweeten the way you feel about your mind, your body, and your spirit. And the reason why I emphasize body is that I know that you work a lot with the body, Sarah, and I think that it's important in spiritual conversations, you know, uh, uh, there are people like me who, you know, can go years, it feels like, dealing with the spirit and the mind, and we forget about the body. The body is so important. Our relationship with our bodies are so important, and, and a large part of my journey has been healing my relationship with my body. And so you get things like sugar, local honey, uh, you can use some Hershey's Kisses, things that are sweet, and you add them to this jar while adding love notes to yourself or what you're wanting to call in and manifest for yourself. And it's sweetening the energy around what you are wanting to feel for yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I, I absolutely love that. And I think it's, it's so beautiful too, to pick rituals that resonate and feel in alignment and to, <laughs> to yes. continue to connect back to the self-love. I love what you said about when we have a spiritual experience and we connect to that divinity, then we're in the remembrance of the self-love because I believe the self-love never dissipated. It's never gone. It's just that we've had human experience that has told us that it no longer yes. exists. And so doing these sort of practices continues to connect us back to that self-love that um, is always there and always accessible if we choose it. Um, you also talk about this, and tell me if I'm saying this wrong, but it's the 
Umbalini meditation. Yes. 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 That, that can really have a transformative impact on someone's spiritual journey. And so I personally had never heard of this meditation. So very inspired to dive deeper um, into this practice through your audio, audio recordings. And I was wondering if you could just share why this specific meditation is so powerful and how they can begin to practice it and how maybe it differs from other traditional meditation practices. Yes. So Umbelini is a practice from Southern Africa, from the um, the Zulu people in Southern Africa. And if the word Umbelini sounds familiar, it's because to a lot of people, it sounds like Kundalini. And it is actually a very similar practice and very similar energy. And the reason I believe that that is, is that I think that all of, you know, the ancients were pulling from the same energy stream. It's the same consciousness, you know, it's the same thing. And so although, you know, certain spiritual practices have been um, lifted up and others have been demonized, it's that it's this, it's a very similar um, energy to Kundalini. So in Kundalini meditation, you are aligning all of your energetic centers and what it feels like when you are in alignment is like a serpent energy like moving up the spine very similar to the same way that people describe kundalini energy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the the way that i describe our energy centers in the book i call them inner temples and so it's starting with your inner temple your your ancestral inner temple temple of ancestors or root chakra energy and moving it up to your crown chakra or what i call the temple of high priestesses and aligning and while you're aligning i i feel like you're also taking in the gifts of each energy center of what you came to learn and you came to teach. And it really is a beautiful, beautiful meditation practice. It really, it's very, very powerful. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting how, when we modify things just so slightly, we have a more transformative effect, even on our manifestation, our vibrational and energetic experience, what we bring into our lives. And so I always recommend if you, if you haven't uh, meditated to start with simple practices like mindfulness practices or loving compassion meditations, but then moving into some of these more um, powerful meditations is so, so important because you can literally shift your entire, I believe your entire external world through these practices that um, are rooted in these rituals that have been around for for years and years and years. So that's so cool. That's incredible. And I want to share with you that uh, actually the the very first mindfulness practice that I remember actively participating in was in my journey with my body and with Mm. food, learning how to meditate on the plate and having a mindful experience rather than, you know, just mindlessly eating, which is what a lot of us do. You know, you sit in front of the TV or sit in front of whatever and shovel down food, 
being there present on the plate with every breath and every mm -hmm. you know piece of what is on the plate and enjoying it and 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 that for me if if you're if you're listening to this and you're wanting to start a meditation practice and it seems overwhelming or that's a beautiful way to begin begin with you know because we're all eating so mm -hmm. start with the plate in front of you and really when you're taking a bite of each of each thing that you're eating, think about the hands that prepared it and what went into all of the magic and the miracles and mojo that had to happen for this to be there with you. And it's, it's a, it's really powerful experience. So powerful. And then being in the remembrance that this food on your plate is giving you life. Like this is the life that's fueling you. I think we forget that without this nourishment, we have no life. And it's the same with oxygen and just holding that gratitude for our different components of life and life experiences, like drinking a glass of water, waking up and getting to feel your lungs expanding and breathing in that oxygen or sitting and holding a plate of food and saying, you know, I'm so blessed for these farmers who harvested this food and it's sitting on my plate now and the, and the energy it took to get here. Um, all of those simple things are, like you said, just such powerful steps to get into the present where then we can take on some of these um, deeper meditation practices. So I, I, I love that. Um, yeah. I wanted to further talk about the inner goddess temple too, because this was new to me as well. Um, I didn't know about the inner goddess temple until discovering your work. So can you share a bit about how to incorporate the inner goddess temple into your work and the benefits of inner goddess temple for listeners? Um, and I trust that so many people listening are going to go back to your website and your Instagram to learn more about, about these different things. Mm -hmm. So I have been doing outer goddess temples and goddess circles and women's circles for like 20 years, <laughs> a long time, very, very long time. And I also hold international retreats. And so that's the external things that we can do is to gather together in circle in goddess temple um, with each other for the purpose of, you know, raising the vibration and, and coming into alignment with our true selves. And each of us also has within us, you know, energy centers that are our inner temples, our inner goddess temples. And so the way that I downloaded this work to share, um, there are a lot of different seven energy practices globally. The most famous is chakras, but there are also, there's something called the seven African powers, which are the Orishas in the Yoruba tradition. And so combining that work for me, the way that the download came was with the root chakra being the, at that root chakra area, the temple of ancestors. At the sacral chakra area, the temple of conjurers. At the, uh, at the belly button chakra, the navel chakra area, the temple of warriors, the inner temple of warriors. These are all of our inner temple energies. At the, the heart chakra area is our inner temple of lovers. At the throat chakra area is our inner temple of griots. A griot in West African culture is a person who has been tasked with cultural continuity. And so they memorize the history going back 
thousands of years of their lineage and their walking library. So the Temple of Griots is at our throat chakra area. Our Temple of Queens is at our third eye area. And our Temple of High Priestesses is what we know as the Crown Chakra area. So within each of these inner temples, there are life areas that we need to come into alignment with um, and life forces that we need to come into alignment with. And when we bring those all together, then that brings us back to our Umbilini energy, our life force energy mm. uh, that we were speaking about earlier. Mm, absolutely. And I would trust that in connecting to that life force energy, we probably let go of negative self-talk. We decrease the shrinking or the playing small, you know, we stop the procrastination, um, all of the things that sort of we're, we're working on, right. On a daily basis and trying to change our habits, these sort of practices can then start to shift some of those belief systems and our emotional body probably much faster. If that, if that's correct. Yes, that is absolutely it. That, you know, many of us were taught from a very young age by the well-meaning people who raised us, you know, they were only doing what they knew how to do. Everyone's only doing what they knew, know how to do and doing the very best that they can. But many of us were taught to abandon ourselves in many different ways. Um, and if you ask people, for example, what they want most in their relationships, it's to be seen and to be heard because so many of us feel unseen and unheard, whether it's in your personal relationships or in your professional life or whatever it is. And so it starts with us seeing and hearing ourselves. You know, we cannot want from the outside world what we're not doing internally. The life is a mirror, you know, that quantum physics says that, you know, we are the only one, you're the only one, there's oneness, and everything else is a reflection of how you are creating your life and how you are seeing yourself. And so, you know, it starts with us we, we need to stop abandoning ourselves, mm. you know, particularly for us as women, we're taught not to value our opinions, not to value ourselves. Um, and so it's showing up for you. Are If you want to be seen and heard, are you seeing and hearing yourself? Do you show up for you? Yeah, I love that. I was, that was actually going to be my next question, which was um, this idea of ab abandoning ourselves. Um so often um, for so many listeners, we hit our breaking point, our burnout before we recognize that abandonment. And so I was wondering, what do you encourage people to do every day to come back home to themselves and recognize that in every moment we have the opportunity to, to cultivate this truth that we have lost connection to our maybe truest aligned selves and actions. And these actions are a reflection of that abandonment. So are there any practices? I think on Instagram, you were sharing mm -hmm. some questions we could even ask ourselves. I love this question because it does need to be a daily practice. You know, I, <laughs> oftentimes, you know, people will go to a, 
and and I've done it. We've all done it. Where you go to a convention or a a, a circle or a group or whatever, and and you have this incredible experience, and you take notes, and you're like, oh my god, that workshop was amazing, right? And then you put the notes away, and then you're like, oh, what happened? I thought that I changed my life that weekend, and now everything is, you know, is the same, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm stuck. Well, nothing is ever truly stuck. You know, physics teaches us that an object at rest tends to stay at rest and object in motion tends to stay in motion. So we're all in motion, but it's just that when you're feeling stuck, that you're changing things back to the same thing over and over and over again, which gives you the illusion of things being stuck. And so the the your self-love journey isn't something that happens on one weekend and then, you know, wow, hallelujah, I'm healed. Mm-hmm. It's a daily, um, a daily journey of falling deeper in love with yourself. It's a daily journey of remembering your own divinity. It's a daily journey of um, you in relationship with your loved ones and you evolving together. All of those things are a daily journey. And so one of the practices that I like people to do daily or like to recommend for people to do daily is called morning pages, which is basically just free writing first thing in the morning. It comes from a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Um, And what the practice is, is that every day when you wake up for either three pages or 20 minutes, whichever comes first, that you just write you just free write and you're not writing for it to be read by another person you're not writing for you know for you to judge your grammar or your handwriting or spelling or anything like that it's just writing and if you don't know what to say you write I don't know what to say over and over again you know (laughs) and so you're a lot of times it'll be your dreams sometimes it ends up being partially to-do lists sometimes it ends up you know being sparks of brilliance sometimes it ends up being your affirmation that come out, but it's a really wonderful practice to get present with yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I would say combine that with, if you're doing that first thing in the morning, maybe 10 minutes before you go to bed, do some scripting where you write in present tense what you are realigning your life with or what you are calling in what you are manifesting what the way that you are seeing your life so you you know you write in present tense you know Daisy is Daisy has a successful law career and you know or I have a successful law career and I'm so happy and so grateful that you know my husband my partner just you know I don't know we just decided to tour the world together whatever it is whatever works for you but you write what you're calling in as if it already is so before you go to bed so that you're giving your consciousness a chance to say, oh, okay, wow, I didn't realize I have a successful law practice. I better get on that. <laughs> I better start creating that, you know, totally. because yes, because the, the brain can't tell the difference between what is and what isn't. It's like a computer, whatever you tell it, it believes to be so. Absolutely. And the the reason I love this practice so much at night is because so many of us go to bed looking at Instagram. And when we go to bed in the feeling of lack and comparison and 
um, I don't have, or I am not enough, or why do these other people have this and I don't, then that is living in your unconscious and your conscious your entire night's rest. And so if, if we want to become more aligned manifestors, it's so important to go to bed in a high vibration connected to the very things that we deeply desire. I, um, I wanted to ask you specifically on this topic about this idea where you had shared that receiving is a divine feminine energy principle. And I was wondering if you could expand a little bit on this, um, specifically if someone is sabotaging the receiving. So we had we talked a little bit about the manifesting piece, but in my own personal experience, <laughs> I've often called in manifestation, right? And, and I've said to the universe, these are the things I want. But because I wasn't in the state of receiving or allowing, I often would show up in those experiences in a bit of sabotaging energy or behavior because I wasn't ready or available yet to receive those gifts. And so I was curious, what are some ways that you recommend kind of turning on our divine feminine energy when it relates to receiving and being available to all of these gifts from the universe? Okay, this is a powerful question, Goddess Sarah. So I'm so <laughs> glad that you asked it because the people that would be attracted to this conversation are most likely natural givers, natural mm -hmm. empaths. Those are the people that I attract and I know that those are the people that you attract. And so for us as a community, it's 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 somewhat easy for us to give. We love giving. It's easy for us to give, to give money, to give time, to give compliments, to give great experiences, all of those things that feels like home for us. But if you are giving without receiving, you are out of alignment. You are out of alignment because it, anything, you know, again, as the granddaughter of farmers, I have to point out you ebb and you flow, you reap and you sow, that's, that's the natural order of things. And the divine masculine energy is about taking inspired action, is about, you know, hustle culture, you know, go, 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 do, 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 you know, which is kind of the moment that we are shifting from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The divine feminine energy is about receptivity. And so because how we do anything is how we do everything, you know, whether it is receiving money, whether it's receiving something as simple as a compliment, whether it's receiving health and well-being, whether it's receiving gifts, that is all the same energy. And often, unfortunately, a lot of us, feel out of alignment with being able to receive. And when we have issues with receiving, it's usually an issue with self-love and self-worth and mm -hmm. what we think that we are worthy and deserving of. Absolutely. And so start small, I would say, if you're listening to this and you are wanting to work on your receiving, cultivate a receiving practice. And so start small, you know, start by being able to get comfortable receiving a compliment. You know, if someone says your hair looks beautiful, resist the urge to say, oh, it's dirty or it's, you know, we do that all the time, like as a reflex, just reject, you know, 
compliments or reject whatever it is. And that's the same thing that you're doing around love, around money, around whatever it is. So start to cultivate a practice of receiving. At night, journal on five things that you gleefully received during the day. Oh, I gleefully received that cup of coffee or I gleefully received love from my partner. You know, I gleefully received a massage, whatever it is. And then, you know, you want to add a layer to that where you ask for what you want and need, which is another challenge. Those of us who have issues with receiving tend mm-hmm. to have issues with asking. Yeah. <laughs> right? So start to ask for what you need from whether it's personally or professionally, you know, start to ask for what you need, start to voice when things for you are not working um, instead of expecting people to read your mind. And again, make it a practice, make it a daily practice of, okay, um, and and make it a game for yourself. Like, and and maybe I I should add this to, I'm working on a new goddess app that's going to launch with my new deck of African goddess rising cards in a month. So maybe I'll add this as a practice, you know, make it a receiving practice where a game for yourself, like, okay, I just received, all right, I received a compliment. I received some money. I received some kisses. All right. Two more receiving things for me for the day. You know, make it, make it joyful, make it pleasurable. Yes. Yes. And it's so interesting because in the beginning of my marriage, my husband would be like, you're shopping for pain. And I'd be like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm complimenting you and I'm asking for you for what you want, but it's your resistance to the things Mm -hmm. that I'm already doing that is, is causing you more pain. If you would just Mm -hmm. allow your heart to be open to the fact that I am readily available to show up in this marriage, then, then um, you could be open to that ask to be able to ask me for things. And then also <laughs> it letting the independence drop and, and then yes. also stepping into allowing, um, allowing for compliments and allowing for the love that is available f- from me to you. And it was really interesting in those moments because in that therapy session, I just remember so clearly being like, wow, it wasn't his lack of dedication to this marriage. It, it was my resistance. And this would show up in another partnership. Like this is, this is entirely um, a co-creation together, of course, but it's, it's entirely on me to take responsibility for this healing within myself. Um, and yes. so recently I've been doing a lot of the trauma, <laughs> the trauma healing and the mm-hmm. ancestral trauma healing that you talk about. Um, I found it so interesting. And one of your posts that really resonated, resonated with me was this idea of that often we subconsciously resist healing our trauma bonds um, because mm-hmm. we think we're unconsciously or we could, un- we could consciously know this too, but we feel like we're betraying our tribe. Yeah, I feel like we're betraying the people who come before us. And I thought a lot about that. And I was like, wow, what, what do I have to break within me to clear these curses and these bonds and these ties from my ancestors? Um, what do I have to clear within me and heal within me that will allow me to set myself free? But not only is it setting me free, it's, it's setting them free. But for a while, it was like, I felt like I was disowning my family. And so I would love to talk a little bit about this because I think this shows up a lot where people feel that sort of resistance from stepping away from their family and doing the, doing the inner work. 
Oh my goodness. This is so important because, you know, each of us, you know, no matter what your circumstances, we, we come from a community, from a tribe, from a, you know, a culture, each of us has, you know, some sort of foundation. It may, may or may not be the one that you would have uh, consciously chosen, but we each have that behind us and, or under us. And, our identities or how we how we identify our identities the idea of identity is so strong that we will often sabotage ourselves out of the things that we consciously want because our identity or how we see ourselves is wrapped in how our community that we mm -hmm. came from all see ourselves. So if we see, okay, well, you know, people like us do this and people like us don't do this and all of those things, conscious and unconscious that we're aware of and that we're not aware of are the things that end up being our biggest saboteurs, mm -hmm. our biggest saboteurs. And for people who have a big vision in life, whatever that big vision is, it could be, you know, just being the best parents that you want to be, or it could be being on global stages. A big saboteur that comes up is fear of, you know, um, betraying your community fear of betraying the tribe and so it could look like this so for example for some people your community maybe you come from a community of hippy dippy spiritual artists and you feel like your calling is to be a corporate lawyer or mm -hmm. vice versa you come from people who are all bankers and lawyers and you know accountants and you are wanting to be you know a creative and travel the world you know doing art there is within us, we bond not only around the positive and wonderful experiences that we have, but we also bond around our traumas. We have mm -hmm. trauma bonds and all of those things together make up our identity, the foundation for our identity, the foundation for how we see ourselves. And so even though as an adult, you are feeling like, well, but I'm consciously making my own choices now about who I am and how I show up in the world. If you don't look at these things, if you don't look at what the beliefs are that went into how you see your world and how you feel about what the 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 people back home, whatever that means, may think about your journey, mm -hmm. we need to look at that in order to be aware of it, in order to heal the things that may be holding us back. And this is again, true, no matter what your journey is, you know? So for example, you can have um, money problems, whether you grew up very wealthy, very poor, or somewhere in between, you can have love issues, whether your parents were there or whether they weren't, you know, it depends on each of, for each of us, what our individual situation is. Mm -hmm. And so it's learning that you're not betraying your community or your tribe or your family or your circle by healing your trauma, by being willing, it starts with a willingness, being willing to heal your trauma. Because oftentimes it can feel like, you know, there's there's survivor guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, it can mm -hmm. feel like, okay, but you know, the trauma, we were all in it together. We all did that. That's how, you know, we 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 get together as a family on Thanksgiving and we bitch and moan or whatever it Absolutely. is. 
you That's know? Amazing. And so by you being willing, it starts with a willingness. You being willing to shift out of that is not a betrayal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some folks may take it as so, but yep. that's okay. That's their stuff. Let everyone deal with their own stuff. You deal with your stuff. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And shifting from this is my identity and this makes me lovable. I think that's the piece yes. that so, so many of us get stuck in, including myself. I was like, for so long, I was like, who will love me if I'm not this party, right? Like if I don't believe yes. in this party, who will love me if I, if I don't vote this way, who will love me if I'm not pro this, who will love me if I like all of these sort of cultural conditionings. And I had to really step into my truth of, of saying, well, unconditional love isn't about how I'm personally living, right? It's about showing up and loving someone for being authentic and being true to their highest self. And so if I can trust that other people are living in that experience and I get to choose and choose to live that experience, I hope that my community loves me through that. And if, if they don't, then maybe that's not, that's not the right community for them. That doesn't mean I can't love them from a distance, but it might mean that I need to shift because I don't want to look back. And this was a decision I made about seven or eight years ago. I said, I don't want to look back on my life and and realize I'm, I was living a certain identity for other people and be so disconnected from my own personal truth. And I think we're seeing that more and more right now. I'm hearing from so many clients, um, who are terrified to speak out and to speak their truth right now in the way the world is. And I just keep reminding them that, that you'll find, you know, you'll find the people that are fully aligned with your truth, whatever that is. And then also, I'm curious your thoughts on this, but having the compassion and the love for someone else's truth, right? Like really Mm -hmm. being open to that experience. And I think that's part of the greatest healing we can offer someone else. It really, really is. It really is having compassion for ourselves and having compassion for others is such an important part of all of our journeys. We we don't know what other people are experiencing. We don't know what other people, what what brought other people to whatever mm-hmm. point of view that they have or how they see the world or, you know, all of those things. And so having a degree of compassion um, and self-compassion for, for the paths that we've walked before mm-hmm. is really key and a key part of healing. And as you said, it comes back to, you know, wanting to be lovable. We all, every single one of us, we want to be loved and we want to know that we are enough. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to know. Those are fundamental human needs. We want Mm -hmm. to know, you know, I am lovable and we want to know I am enough. And so having compassion is, for yourself to begin with, if you don't have compassion for yourself, then you can't have compassion for other people. You're going to be in a state of perpetual judgment, you know, inwardly and outwardly. And that's a very unhealthy place to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something that I've been doing is really making the biggest attempt to heal any judgment towards other people where I would project something on them that would make them feel unlovable unless they acted a certain way, or they would feel not enough because they acted a certain way or did something. And in that process of noticing my own 
judgment. It's been so healing for myself because I'm like, wow, this projection towards other people is, is what I'm desiring back, which is this unconditional love and the feeling of you're enough exactly how you are. If nothing were to ever change, if you were not to get any more followers, any more yes. email subscribers, yes. like, you know, do nothing else with your life, you're still enough. And um, offering that to other people has been a blessing in my own healing. I love a concept that you shared. Um, I think I'm going to say it right, but there was something about, it was like, fuck it is surrender. Fuck it is release. Fuck it is yeah. prayer. Um, and we have to stop caring what people think. And um, I so agree with this. And I think it's coming through more and more right now than ever. Yes. And it's a, it's an ongoing thing because we've been programmed, you know, a certain way, you know, most of the people, most of the women who are listening to this conversation, we were taught to be nice girls. You know, mm -hmm. we're the, we're the nice girls. We were taught to, you know, raise your hand and be polite and, you know, all of those things, you know, which are, you know, in order to make society run better and all of those things. But what happens when you start to perform who you are rather than to be who you really are is a really detrimental thing. You lose yourself. Right. And so having access to all parts of you, the parts of you that make other people uncomfortable, being willing to make yourself and make other people uncomfortable, being willing to um, to step out and, and be ugly, whatever that means. You know, all of those things, embracing and loving the fullness of yourself, self-acceptance is really where self-love mm -hmm. begins. Mm -hmm. It really, really starts with self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting too, because I know, you know, we are we're in the same circle of entrepreneurs and people sort of pushing this, do more, have more, be more, don't settle. And when when we're hearing that all day long, I think we forget to come back to the self-acceptance piece. And so there's yes. this disconnect happening where we forget they can be mutually exclusive. You know, um, we don't have to have one or the other. They can, they can ex they can coexist or we can fall in love with ourselves and accept ourselves now. And we can say, okay, I'm going to strive for more yeah. and I'm going to use this time on the planet to create really epic things, but it doesn't devalue my current worth today. Well said, yeah. well said, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that I had to learn and relearn in a big way because I'm from New York, which is hustle city. And then I'm mm -hmm. the child of firstborn daughter of immigrants. And so, you know, like very much, it was like engraved in my soul, like, you know, that the, the hustle and the, you are worthy when, you are worthy when you fill in the blank, whatever it is. But as you said, you know, the it can the energy, the divine masculine and the divine energy, the yin and the yang, yang can coexist. The idea of okay, yes, there are moments where I do want to be in hustle mode, and I can, you know, on the same day, you know, be mindful and be receiving, and you know, and it doesn't have to be in a zero sum, all or nothing game. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. I want to make sure that the listeners can 
get more of this incredible wisdom and dive deeper into your work. There's so much I've learned in just a short time following you. And I'm so blessed and grateful to have come across your platform because I'm learning things every single day. Um, So for the listeners who want to discover more, dive in deeper, read your book, where is the best place for them to kind of find everything? So thank you so much first of all, for this incredible conversation. I adore you. And this was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. The first of many to come. I look forward Mm -hmm. to talking to you in the future. Um, My book, African Goddess Initiation, is available wherever you buy books. The direct link, if you are an Amazon person and want to get it there, is tinyurl.com slash thegoddessbook, tinyurl.com slash thegoddessbook. But the best place to go, Abiola Central, is to go to my site, womanifesting.com. So like manifesting.com, but womanifesting.com, and you will connect to everything there from my YouTube channel and podcast to my upcoming Oracle card deck, the African Goddess Rising Oracle deck. And come play with me on social media at Abiola. TV, where the TV stands for transformation and victory um, throughout all uh, all channels. And I'm live on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Hay House's social channels and on my social channels Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's incredible. I love the work that you've been doing with Hay House and watching those have been a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you again for being thank here. You. And- So blessed and grateful to have had this conversation and looking forward to more. Thank you, Sarah. Have a great day. You too. Wow. What a powerful, powerful, fun conversation. If this topic or these topics that we share today are new to you, it may feel like a lot to embrace all at once. And it might even feel a bit heavy or you might be unsure of where to begin. And so I encourage you to take a moment right now to just cultivate some light energy, inviting yourself to sit in this moment and trust that although stepping in to this goddess energy might feel a bit overwhelming, take a moment to invite in a process and an experience that could also be joyful and fun and most importantly, energetically freeing. This week, just as Abiola shared of her practice of doing morning pages, I encourage setting some time aside each day to devote to a morning ritual of doing this practice as well. Set aside some time when you wake up to do Julian Cameron's morning pages by allowing yourself to free flow write for 20 minutes or three pages, whatever comes first. Don't worry about spelling, punctuation, grammar, or even if you're making mistakes, or if it makes sense. Just let the words flow, be present in your body, and allow yourself to experience writing without judgment, trusting that the outpouring of thoughts onto the pages will powerfully benefit your life, and specifically the day ahead. I trust that this small practice will give you a great sense of peace and grounding to begin your day, just as Abiola shared. And lastly, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I really, really feel honored and blessed that I get to share such powerful content with you. And so if you enjoyed hearing about these powerful, powerful practices today, I recommend listening to my podcast with Erin Ever. 
as we approach a similar topic about the power of connecting to your body and spirit through ritual. Also drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more about and how can I support you in becoming happier and healthier? You can find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and I trust that you will have a beautiful, epic week ahead. All right, that concludes this podcast. It is my honor to always share with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You are here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feeling of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here, you are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. And if you benefit from it, it would mean the world to me if you could please spread this movement and share it with one person who you know would also benefit. We are all in this together, so thank you for being here and part of this movement.